Women on Screen Out Loud is proudly supported by Company 3 Toronto. Company 3 is the leading post-production provider to the world's top content creators. Welcome to Women On Screen Out Loud, giving a platform to women in the film industry who challenge, motivate, and inspire on all sides of the camera. We are your hosts, Lara Jean Korostecki and Jennifer Pogue. They say every ceiling when reached becomes a floor. This episode's guest artist embodies this sentiment. In her essay, Choose the Color with Which the Universe Paints You, VFX artist, CG supervisor, actor, and director Masa Gobankrimi exhibits how her difficult past motivates her present work ethic, her cheeky life motto, and the tools required to push for your dreams. Events that happen in our lives might not be under our control, but we can control how they affect us. I live in Toronto. I'm one of the very few female CG supervisors in the extremely male-dominated visual effect industry. I'm also an actress. And a few years ago, I co-wrote and co-directed my first indie feature film. I was born and raised in Iran and moved to Canada after graduating from university. In my childhood and adolescent life, I experienced the Iranian revolution that changed the country to the Islamic Republic and altered my whole life, my perception of reality and normalcy overnight. Suddenly, I had to adjust myself to a life completely and utterly different, and in some cases, the exact opposite of what I knew to be my life up to that point of time. Shortly after the revolution, we went through nine years of war and everything that war brought to the country, which I'm sure is known to everyone. And I experienced all of that in a country ruled by religious regime and all its extreme limiting factors, especially for women. And then came immigration and all its challenges, especially the desire to succeed in a male-dominated industry. So as you can imagine, I have encountered more than my share walls on my face. As we all know, events constantly happen around us and they greatly affect us. Events can, can create obstacles, limitations, pain, suffering, hardship difficult circumstances. They can either be positive forces or negative forces. On one hand, they can be the cause of scars on our souls, depression, drug abuse, a series of bad decisions, not trusting the world or ourselves, being afraid all the time, hiding from the world, not trying anything for the fear of failure, inflicting pain on ourselves or others, not being able to feel joy, and not being able to create joy for ourselves and others. Or, on the other hand, they can make us stronger. They can motivate and inspire us. They can grant us the need to work harder to overcome obstacles, to rise above and achieve greater things in life, to make us appreciate every opportunity that comes our way and not take them for granted, to make us cherish the gifts and joys of life in a much deeper sense so that we don't waste the second of the precious life we have been given. And most importantly, they can motivate us to try to change the awful circumstances that create obstacles, to change our destiny, and to try to change the world one step at a time. At the end, 
it all comes back to our point of view. It's all about how we look at the obstacles, suffering, and hard times. Fortunately for me, I'm part of the second group. My parents' teachings played a big role in shaping my point of view about events that were influencing my life. They were strong role models for me because of the way they lived their own lives. My dad rose above his extremely religious family at a very young age and lived his life according to his beliefs, regardless of the consequences. My mother became Iran's first female cinematographer and one of the very first female pioneers in animation industry in Iran, in spite of her very difficult family circumstances and the limitations caused by the religious regime for women at the time. From a very young age, determined to choose the optimistic and empowering view of the circumstances, I started to set goals for myself. I knew that I need to learn how to survive in any political, sociological, or natural disaster. Every day I tried to learn more about myself to see what I was capable of. I understood that I had to educate myself. I had to read, practice, and experiment. In one of my many silly experiments for a while, I went as far as doing everything, all the basic activities of life using only my feet, so that I could still survive in case I lost both my arms in one of the bombings. I learned that no matter what the situation around me, hard work, discipline, and tenacity would be the key to overcoming the obstacles and achieving my dreams. I realized life can be extremely short, and I need to be very efficient. I need to have extremely high expectations on myself. So I set a motto for myself that said, when you start doing something, no matter what it is, try to do your fucking possible best. Otherwise, it's not worth doing it. And I tried my fucking best to apply the motto to everything that I do every day. I applied it to my greatest school education, or when my parents in their animation studio gave me the responsibility to read the dope sheet, or to my university education, or to what I do now, being a CG supervisor at the very reputable VFX company, a job that only a handful of women do in this whole country. When I decided to write and direct my own indie feature film, that motto was there and I apply it to every single acting audition that I take. Of course, there have been times that staying strong and plowing through feels completely impossible. But in those moments, I remind myself that I just need to do the fucking possible best that I can. Over time, I learned that to achieve a dream, it takes more than just wishing for it. Sometimes, even working hard to make a dream a reality isn't enough. As a woman, I've realized that sometimes, As fierce as it might sound, you have to demand to be recognized, to be given the type of opportunity that then allow you to work toward making your dream a reality. One of the smartest things that we can do is to give and receive support from people that we encounter on our path. I've been lucky to have crossed paths with so many amazing people that supported me and believed in me in my long career journey but my family has always been my most important support system. I come from a family of artists. My parents, my brother and sister, my husband and sister-in-law, they're all professionals in movie industry. We have collaborated with each other throughout the years in making a number of feature films and working on visual effects for numerous films, TV shows, and commercials. Being able to utilize each other's talents and different capabilities and relying on absolute trust that we have for one another have empowered all of us to achieve goals that would not have been possible otherwise. And now, 
Finally, we have reached an era that at least in our society, women are being recognized and acknowledged for their abilities and can have the opportunity to take charge and be leaders in our society, can have the opportunity to have their voices heard. We as women have to make sure that we do take this changing force very seriously and push for our voices to be heard, to make sure that our talents and capabilities are not going to waste. Now, it's really up to us to empower this movement and get stronger and to encourage more and more of the women in the world. Coming up, Lara Jean and Masa discuss family, leadership, and how to persist as a female in a male-dominated industry. Hi, I'm Lara Jean Korostecki, and I'm here with Masa Gorben-Karimi. Masa, thank you so much for joining us here today remotely. I think we're both in Toronto right now, right? Yes. Hi, Lara. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yes, we are in Toronto. It's a beautiful June. It's June the 1st as we're recording this. It's a beautiful sunny day. Thank you for helping us celebrate this summer day with a beautiful recording of your essay and sharing those amazing words with us. I'm going to dive right in. This essay was so enveloped in love of family. Farah Marani and I, our newest producer, we recalled that in our initial meeting with you that you mentioned this beautiful phrase that your mother said that really encompassed her feelings on perseverance and tenacity. Can you repeat that phrase for us and then talk a little bit about what it means to you? Uh, well, yeah, this is uh, exactly the mentality that my mother raised me on, that don't allow anybody hold you down. If you want to do something, do it. And the phrase says that if somebody hits you on top of the head, try to get taller instead of allowing them to push you into the ground and make you shorter. That always stuck with me. It's like no matter what the situation around you is just trying to destroy you, try to push you on the ground and pound you on top of your head, don't allow that and just rise higher and higher and show them that, no, the more they pound you on the head, you get taller instead of shorter. And that's a very good visual. <laughs> We're all very visual people. So this is a very visual way of, yeah. <laughs> you talked, you shared about the Iranian revolution and um, growing up there during such a tumultuous time in that country. How did you witness your parents navigating the Iranian revolution? And, and specifically, to bring it to work, what did you observe, because they are artists themselves, about how their surroundings inspired and affected their artistry? Oh, well, at the beginning of the revolution, when the revolution was happening, as you know, 99% of people said yes to the revolution because they thought that everything is going to get much better and the, our world is going to become an, this amazing world that they thought at that moment they don't have. So pretty much everybody were involved in the revolution with a really, really high hope for a better Iran and a most amazing Iran, that everything about it is going to be more fantastic. So my parents are, as artists, they thought that they can then be more open to be able to create art and they're going to be... Um, 
brand new country with all brand new promises that came with it. But then when the revolution actually went through and the government changed, little by little throughout the years, everybody realized that no, it's not at all what they imagined. And uh, the country is going toward a past that is not exactly what everybody, including my parents, imagined it would be. But at the same time, um, people still live their lives. People still try to do their best. Uh, my parents as artists, they still created art. Um, probably that hardship and all of the difficulties during the revolution actually inspire artists, as, as I said in my essay, uh, because sometimes even um, disappointment and uh, discouragement, that actually causes something inside of you that makes you to create better art sometimes. So uh, that I see in Iran, actually, the film industry overall in Iran flourished after the revolution because people actually had so much feelings inside of them that they wanted to talk about. People had um, all that actual revolution inside of one's heart created art that came out of everybody. So this is actually quite interesting to see that sometimes even pain will be the reason for beautiful art to be created. Um, limitations causes for beautiful art to be to be created. Everybody went around to um, try to still say what they want and do what they want in the way of finding the way of how to do that. So that became an art on its own, finding the way to make your voice heard. Um, and uh, my parents mostly were uh, dealing with content for children, especially so it was all like bringing good um, good news and good um, teachings to kids, um, how they can be um, living a better life, how can they create a better life for themselves, how they can be cleaner, how they can be more educated, all those things that are actually basis of a good life. Um, that's mostly what my parents did, as um, especially when I was growing up, all the TV shows and um, short films that my parents were producing in their uh, studio were mostly about that, about teaching goodness and how to be good, um, how to be a better person, how to live a life in a better way, how to help your society to be a better place. And uh, I think a lot of that was... Um, um, created for the fact that everybody were hoping to make their world a better world. Because if you're already living in a world that everything about it is perfect, you don't have much to say. Mm. But when you have, when you are living in a world that probably you're wishing for some things to be different, for it to be better, then you actually think a lot more and deeper about how to make your, your world better. And talking to children is one of the most important things that you can do as an artist or as a uh, filmmaker mm. to actually allow children to have better um, values in life and think about things that is actually important in life um, and uh, grow up with that type of a optimistic and uh, value-driven uh, point of view. It's incredible to think you as a child witnessing that kind of work that they were doing. Your mother, as you mentioned, was the first Iranian female cinematographer, which is an incredible thing in, in her own right. Do you see any connection with this beautiful work that you just described in your work? Does any of that resonate with you now um, in where you're at in your career? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am um, actually um, in 
the visual effects side of my work, it's all about uh, making visually things to be beautiful. Beauty is one of the most important things in life that drives me. And beauty all, all comes from goodness. So to me, it's like being good, create a beautiful world, create beautiful colors that create good feeling and goodness inside of hearts of people. Um, so that is what is that side of my work. And when I try to write something or even the movie that we made, it was again, um, kind of creating a understanding in people that, um, yes, things that are happening around are, might be horrible, might be at some points of life, really, really horrible, but try to get that and do something good with it. At least try to understand why things are horrible and try to, to change that with your own goodness. Overall, every day in life, try to make the world around you a little bit better, even if it's within your own little family of three or your workplace of 200 people or in your neighborhood of 1,000 people. It doesn't matter how many people you're affecting as long as you're trying to affect them in a better way, to be kinder, to bring beauty to their lives. So yeah, that is definitely one of the most important things in my own life and uh, creating art that is important to me. You just took uh, to a question that Farah and Jen and I had prepared, which was you talk about your mantra, do your fucking best. And we we thought, well, other than that fantastic phrase, do you have any other rituals or habits that you practice? So, I mean, you just beautifully described a mantra that you have that bleeds into the rest of your life. Are there any rituals or habits specific to that that you practice on a daily basis? Um, I try to be um, practicing compassion more more than anything. I, I feel like I'm overall a very compassionate person. Um, and I, um, at work in my position, I basically talk and uh, uh, interact with a lot of people during the day. And, uh, the, and we are all creating work in the visual effect industry, especially it's uh, deadline driven. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of uh, things that needs to be happening in a short period of time. People can be on edge sometimes. People can be stressed. Me as a supervisor, the first thing that goes into my mind when I talk to somebody is not to see have they done their work properly or how good that is. The most important thing is to know if they're okay, if they're enjoying what they're doing, because when that is important, when I know that they're enjoying what they're doing, then I know that they can produce beautiful work mm. because it's it's all art. So if I if I see that somebody is not producing work the way they used to, first thing that goes to my mind is to find out why. I don't think that oh my god, this person is not producing good work. Oh my god, it's uh, we are gonna uh, not catch our deadline. The sky is falling. No, the first thing that goes to my mind is to find out why and how can I help in my small way or big way. Sometimes my help can be big, sometimes it's small. But even if it is as far as one smile on my face or just asking them, how are you doing? To just find out and help to work together, that compassion. They know how I feel. I know how they feel. We both know what we are trying to achieve. We both know that at the end of the day, we're pretty producing beautiful images for the world to see. So we have to do that with a smile on our faces. And that is the most important thing for me that I try to do as a supervisor, as much as, as I said, my job can be very cut and dry and can be very technical and can be very hard and stressful and everything. But I try to, as much as sometimes myself, I'm extremely stressed and extremely anxiety driven. But 
when I'm dealing with another artist beside me or a group of people that we are sitting and working together, it's just understanding each other's feeling. We are all going through something together. We're all producing this art together. So let's understand each other. Let's work together. So that's one of the ways that I try in my daily basis at work to kind of um, bring this motto into my life. There's something, a lot of the essays that we're receiving for this season of Women on Screen Out Loud are speaking to this idea. You just described the most beautiful leadership, and it was one of, again, you're answering all the questions before I ask them. One of the things we wanted to know was what does leadership look like for you? And that is such a beautiful description of leading at all times with compassion. And I know that you oversee, what is it, 200 employees? Uh, well, yeah, depending on the projects, yeah, the, the company is around 270 people. And uh, yeah, we are all, I'm I'm normally in charge of a few projects that pretty much gets majority of these people involved at one point or another. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of interactions with people, which is the most important and the most enjoyable part of my daily routine at work. And what yeah. does a typical day for our listeners who are unfamiliar with what being a VFX supervisor looks like, what does a typical day look like for you? Um, as a, overall, a CG supervisor means computer-generated images, because that's what we do. Um, so it's all in computers, it's all a virtual world. Um, a typical day for me is that um, normally a project has, we have clients that they are bringing a project to us and they have uh, an expectation of what they want to receive from us um, visual effect wise. And then the project has a visual effect uh, supervisor in-house in our company that they are in charge of dealing with the clients and bring clients' vision into the company and then basically bring that vision to us as the people that are actually creating that work. And then when we create that, they are in charge of to make sure that it's done correctly and they and visually it's correct and it's uh, what the client wants and then bring it back to the clients. My job is one level after the visual effects supervisor. So the CG supervisor, I'm in charge of on the floor to make sure that when I understand what the client wants from the visual effects supervisor, it's my job to implement that and make sure that that happens. For example, in a shot that we need to have a um, train to go through a subway tunnel. Okay, so I know that we need to have this train going really fast through a subway tunnel. Now my job is to create that, to supervise the team that creates that subway tunnel, creates that train, creates the animation of it, creates the lighting and the look and the environment of that tunnel, how that feels, how it looks. So I, I am basically in charge of the whole team that creates all that, artistically and technically how it's being done and how it's supposed to look like. So when, in my opinion, it looks great, then we present that to the uh, visual effects supervisor. And if they are happy with it, they present that to the client. So in a daily basis, when I go to work, it's looking at work, talking to people, making sure they know what they have to do, making sure that I'm there if there are problems to help and problem solve and get stuff done. When they are done, they should show their work to me. I have to look and artistically judge that, give them notes. Can we do this? Can we do that? Uh, do all the changes, um, being in communication with them all the time to make sure that those changes are being done. 
make sure all the different departments are in a correct communication with each other. So when I have a plan for something to go from, because there are in the, the different departments that do, there's um, assets being built, objects are being built, and then they go into animation, they get animated, and they, they go into look, they get all textures and look, they go into lighting, they get lit, and then they get rendered, and they go into compositing, compositing, pull all the levels together. So when I have a plan for uh, every single individual shot that needs to go through all these departments, it's my job to make sure that the communication between all these departments are happening. A stage to a stage, this this pr product that is one shot is going from department to department correctly, and they all know technically and artistically how they have to deal with it. Which is so, <laughs> and you do amazing. all this, you do all this with a smile and compassion. <laughs> it's amazing, and, and this is not the only thing you do too. You're not just a CG supervisor. You also are a multi hyphenate actor, uh, an artist, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, the project of working with your family, and I know you all created and continue to create work together. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. What's exciting? or challenging or inspiring about working so closely with your family? Uh, when we work with my family, it's it's just amazing. We just, uh, it just happened that we, our personalities are really matching with each other and our trust and respect is really there because that's um, one of the most important things when you work with somebody, even a co-worker at work. Um, the moment you don't respect them and you don't trust their work, it makes it very difficult mm -hmm. uh, to work together in, in to that high level. Um, but with my family members, we're all good at something. Each one of us are very, very good at something. That then when we put all of us together, we can create a whole film. Like, for example, the feature film that we made. Um, me and my husband, we wrote it and wrote and directed it and acted in it. My brother was the DOP of the film. My sister-in-law was the sound recordist. And then we edited the film. My mom and my dad were doing from set design to um, uh, being an assistant director, uh, being the uh, third assistant director, everything that was needed to be in the set because we all know how a movie is being made. So literally within our family, we made a 90 minutes full feature film that went into festivals and won awards. Um, it's unheard of. I have never heard somebody inside of a family can have people that are can work together. Yeah, that that's way. what I was gonna say. That that there and and no you speak of it with such such a ferocious brightness and positivity that is really inspiring and and I think probably speaks to what we talked about what you talk about in your essay and what we talked about in the beginning of this interview which is that spirit that your parents passed on to you and you ended this essay by really speaking to the importance of encouraging and empowering other women and once again with your family your mother certainly encouraged and empowered you so how are you, how do you want to pass on that wisdom that you inherited from your mother? I, I know you've already spoken to a bunch of ways that you do it with work, but specifically in encouraging young women who might want to get into CG supervising or who might want to get into any of the jobs that you just described and what it takes to make a film. What mm -hmm. would you like to pass on to them? Uh, the most important thing that I think every woman should just start with is to trust and love yourself. That's mm. something that I say to my daughter all the time. Mm. Trust yourself, love yourself, 
And then after that, respect yourself. Ugh. When you have these three values in your head that you're constantly reminding yourself of it, because sometimes in our societies, that can be difficult. Yeah. Uh, because women, uh, we have this way, understanding that we are being judged a certain way, or sometimes our voices are not really needed to be heard. We are shy. We think that, oh, we are sitting in a room full of men. Uh, should I even talk? Oh my God, look at all these men. They're all older than me. They're all wiser than me. Should I even say anything? Even though I have a fantastic idea, should I even voice my idea? Or they don't trust themselves at all. They don't even think that they have a fantastic idea, even though they have. Mm. And then the other thing is that they don't respect themselves enough in a way that if somebody, as I said before, as that first thing, if somebody's pounding them up on their head and making them be quiet and not wanting to listen to them, they just accept that because they don't feel that amount of self-respect to say that, no, I have a good thing to say. You have to listen to me. And as I say in my essay as well, you sometimes have to demand that because yeah. it, it can get tough. But it all starts from within. Just first love yourself, trust yourself, educate yourself. I'm not just saying that just always think that you're okay, that you're, you're smart and you have something good to say. No, 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 no. We all, we all can be very, very stupid sometimes. But, but, but that is even important to understand. Yeah. Educate yourself. Try your best to learn more and more. And when you know and when you learn and when you know you have good ideas, trust that. Love yourself and trust that and then demand it. Make sure that you, are, you keep your head up and you are voicing your opinion in a logical, correct, and coming from an educated background to back it up and then voice your opinion. And then when you do that, nobody can deny that. Nobody. Like, I actually feel like in my life, I've heard from so many women that they have had so much hardship as a woman in Canada to actually get somewhere. I don't say I didn't have any hardship at all. Yes, I did my share of it, but it's not that exaggerated. Even that little amount that I felt at the beginning, I came to understand that how should I carry myself? How should I educate myself? Next time when I open my mouth, it better be something correct coming out of it. So people can trust me. So if five times out of 10, when you say things, those five, five times is wrong and five times is wrong, right, people don't trust you as much. But if eight times out of that uh, 10 times when you say something is correct, people trust you. People start to learn that, oh, no, maybe this person has a correct thing to say. Let us listen to her. Let us give her next opportunity to influence our decisions. And then little by little, that will go forward. And when you more and more be put onto the higher positions, because your position demands of you to do more, then you learn more and you educate yourself more. And then this way is just a step stool. One after that, you, you go up higher and higher. You learn more. You educate yourself. Every day, try to learn more and learn more uh, because that's something that... Um, Unfortunately, I sometimes see in women that instead of thinking about, no, I have to be uh, taking myself to the next level so I can be influential, I have to have something good to say, they sit back and they just nag about, oh, nobody even listened to me. Why, why should I even go forward with, with this um, wanting to learn more? Men don't think that way. 
they constantly want to learn more and they constantly educate themselves and they constantly go higher because they don't sit and pity themselves. It sounds like you're describing standing taller. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> thank you so much, Masa, for sharing your wisdom, your hard-earned and positively fought wisdom. Thank you for your ray of sunshine today on this lovely end of spring. Masa Gobankrimi grew up in Tehran, where she was introduced to the language of cinema in her parents' animation studio. She lived through the Iranian Revolution, followed by eight years of war, and immigrated to Canada after earning a BFA from Tehran University. For more than 20 years, she has worked in the film, animation, and the visual effects industry. She is now a CG supervisor at one of the most reputable visual effects companies in Canada. In addition to her VFX work, she also acts for film and television. In 2015, she co-directed and acted in the feature film, Luciferous. Thank you, Masa, for joining us remotely today. Be sure to check out future episodes of Women on Screen Out Loud wherever you get your podcasts. And check out upcoming events and initiatives from Women on Screen at womenonscreen.ca. Until next time, I'm Lara Jean Korostecki and Jennifer Pogue. And we are Women, Women on Screen. screen. Thank you to Company 3 Toronto for hosting us and for continuing to support women on screen. This podcast was created and produced by Lara Jean Korostecki and Jennifer Pogue. Executive produced by Farah Marani, Lauren McKinley, and Kira Murphy. With original music by Erica Percunier. Sound captured by Devin Doucette. And sound mixed by Arturo Fuenmayor at Company 3 in Toronto.